Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. crowd shaping up for a busy Monday morning on the BWI Live Recruiting Show. I'm Thomas Frank Carr, Ryan Snyder, and Sean Fitz. The experts in Penn State football recruiting are here to talk about a whole mess of things. Football season has started in high school, so we've got some high school highlights to get to. Ethan Grunkmeyer dominated in his first game of the season. Penn State picked up a commit in 2026. And, of course, we're talking about some dudes coming up in 2025. So if you thought 2026 was too far away, don't worry. We're still talking two years out with Junior Film uh, upcoming for some of these guys. Uh, but as I said, Ryan Snyder, Sean Fitz here with you on the BWI Live Show. I like to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves and say hi every single morning, even though I put them on the spot and ask them weird questions. But, Ryan, we'll just start with a regular how you doing this morning. Good, man. Busy weekend. Messiah, obviously, we're going to talk about here in a bit. I went out to see Lex Cyrus on Saturday, uh, up-and-coming 2025 receiver from Susquehanna Township. And now I'm trying to figure out where the heck I'm going to go Friday night for the start of high school football season. So we got a busy, busy show coming up, lots to talk about. Um, and, yeah, excited to get going. And, of course, Penn State football training camp is going on right now as well. So there's so much stuff to get to. Obviously, we'll have our uh, our uh, football show coming up on Thursday. And this week, by the way, is the start of full season coverage. So we've got shows Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and we're going live Friday as well. I'll be doing a West Virginia preview coming up on Friday. So we've got a full week of shows. James Franklin's press conference is thankfully, mercifully back on Wednesday night so that we can do our regular Thursday live show and talk about it then uh but we got to get to the main thing today and breaking breaking news coming up uh saturday night penn state picked up a commit in the class of 2026 guy down in ryan's neck of the woods messiah mickens so ryan tell us about messiah mickens and what penn state is getting with this uh long in the future commit for the class of 26 yeah i mean this was one i think that Long term, we projected, right? I didn't think it would be Saturday. Although I, I got to say, I, I started hearing whispers Saturday afternoon uh, that Messiah was close. I didn't know it was going to come a couple hours later. Um, we were at the uh, Susquehanna game. A couple of people were, were talking about it. Messiah actually would have went to Susquehanna uh, if he didn't decide to go to Trinity. But uh, get to know Messiah a little bit. 5'10", 195, listed as an athlete uh, on three, but he's going to be a running back uh, for the Nittly Lions. Had a massive impact on Trinity last year. I, I think, you know, we, we've talked a lot about Jordan Hill being there and Michael Motti being there and, and just their impact on, on the area, on players wanting to play for them. And this is a team that won three and six uh, a couple years ago and uh, then in Jordan's first year. Uh, didn't have a winning record for a decade. 
And then in Messiah Mickens' first year, not only do they win a District 3 championship, but they go all the way to the PIAA semifinals last year. So, I mean, talk about uh, Jordan and, and Madi. Obviously, Madi wasn't there last year, but Jordan's pool, uh, uh, pool as in, you know, getting getting players and interests uh, from throughout the area. Messiah is kind of the first example of, of players really wanting to play for him. And uh, I think we're going to see a, a lot more of that here in, in the months and, uh, or excuse me, years to come. Uh, but just, I mean, I don't want to, Overthink it too much. There's a lot of growth here still, but uh, talking to Jordan uh, loves his vision. You know, I, I think that's kind of the yeah. one thing that Jordan's always said is is on a different level uh, from from most players his age. Um, good speed too. Uh, ran a four five up at Penn State in the summer. Uh, so you know, there's plenty to plenty to work with there. Already at five ten, pushing two two hundred pounds. I'd be very curious to see how he grows over the over the years ahead. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is a player I, I thought would. Probably end up at Penn State at some point, but uh, you would have told me August 21st, 2023 is when he committed. I'd have been a little surprised. Uh, Fitz, you you were talking about this a little bit. Um, this is both you guys saw this coming, but maybe this is how did this come about where he did commit so early in the process? We actually got wind. If you take a look at our Lash Bash thread uh, in late July, I got wind that he would like wanted to commit to Penn State. Penn State, you know, they handle these things pretty smart. They talk to these kids. They say, hey, hey, here's what's in front of you. He's a 2026 kid. He's a sophomore in high school. Like, that, this is a long way to go. Not that I think that he's a guy that would either go back or try and find himself in there. But there's just so many things that can happen between now and his senior year when he signs. Um, so, like, do your due diligence. Check some check some schools out. And I know that, that he, he hasn't done that since the Lash Bash because he hasn't had an opportunity to. Um, but this kid was pretty locked on Penn State. Again, the timing of the decision is is going to be what uh, I think gets people here. Is that's a long time before he signs. I, again, yeah. I think he sticks. Um, but I mean, sophomore in high school. That's what we're talking about here. So a lot of development left ahead. Um, he's 5'10", 195, runs a four five. So great base to work with athletically. Um, he's got he's number thirty player nationally by twenty four seven. To me, that's probably a little bit high, but like you're talking about ranking 2026 20, guys right now, which it's too early to do that. So mm -hmm. that's where I'm at on Messiah Mickens. Tremendous prospect, um, really good one to get in the boat. And as we've talked about with Penn State in 2024, 2025, 2026 now, running back recruiting is something like it is, it is not, uh, it is not like other positions. They are a, they are in demand. They have been in demand because of the product that they've put out on the field over the last decade. Um, these kids want to be Saquon. They want to be Miles Sanders. They're going to want to be Nick, Nick Singleton and Katron Allen. They're, they're, this is something that I don't want to say recruits itself, but when you look at some of the positions nationally, uh, you know, Penn State running back recruiting is right up there with uh, with some of these other positions. So another big pickup, uh, keep them in the state. That 2026 group in the mid-state kind of reminds me of that 2023 do the math here 2022 group in the mid-state uh with ivy flowers singleton you know just a you could see those guys coming for a while there um mm -hmm. and you look at messiah mickens kevin brown over at harrisburg tyler merrill at cumberland valley and i know i'm missing a few more uh brooks at uh at bishop mcdevitt so i mean the mid-state every couple of cycles seems to come back into focus here and, and you're seeing that in 2026 and to get a guy on board um this early is uh you know it's different certainly different but at the same yeah. time it's a really good start for Penn State. And every position is built on athleticism and your potential as a football player. But running back especially, I think we had this conversation about Keandre Barker. The fact that Penn State took that commitment so early in the process, they seem to feel pretty confident that his athleticism, you guys have underlined this, but I just kind of want to like 
pointed out here that a 2026 running back is also like this kid does have some some pretty great talent immediately. You know, we talked about Alabama, Tennessee, a lot of schools being interested in him as a running back so early in the process because he has those obvious physical traits. Is that fair to say that like he is going to be a special player or you're still waiting to see what he turns into? Because that's to me, that's the biggest mystery about a guy who's in the 26 class who has all of this, these, this attention, these offers. Penn State willing to go out on a limb in 25 and 26 and pick these guys up early, knowing that development process sometimes can go in different directions. It fits. Is that, is that a fair way to paint that picture overall? That's the chance you take. I mean, you look at running back at the high school level and you can be a dude that jumps onto the scene as a freshman, has a bunch of carries, has a bunch of yards. I always bring up Jordan Houston, who was a guy that Penn State recruited before anybody. Um, he ended up at NC State, but Penn State was not recruiting him by the time he made a decision. So, but they, they were the first program to offer him as a freshman down there in Virginia. So you have to sort of take some risk analysis here when you're talking about running backs in the long term. I think Messiah is going to be, you know, in, in terms of, his level of volatility, I guess, with uh, with where he's going to be as a prospect, probably a little bit lower because we, we know a lot about him. We have a lot of data on him. Uh, I think he ran like uh, four seven or something like that at Under Armour, was down in the four fives at Penn State. So, you know, going in the right direction athletically, he's been on the radar. You know, Texas A&M offered him as a, as a freshman. So he's been on there forever. So you're, ne you're never quite sure how that's going to pan out. Is he going to be the best option two years from now? I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know that he will be, um, but he's the, he's pretty good product to, or a pretty good um, piece of clay to start with right now. If you're talking about running back. So yes, th that worry is there. I don't want to sit here and talk here about it on his commitment show to think that, you know, not all running backs are the same when they're seniors as they are in sophomores, but it is, it is uh, a reality that you have to look at with some guys. Uh, like I said, yeah. confident in Mickens. I think he's a really good player. Um, and I think he could fit in this running back room, which to me, that's the, that's the thing that matters when you talk about Penn state's running back room, how they've come along. Yes. There have been times when it's been up and down, but uh, for the most part, it's been full speed ahead under Jay Wan Sider. And I think he got another good one. Yeah. And Ryan, uh, coming back to you, that Penn state connection and, and kind of the, the confidence they have in, not only Mickens as a person, you know, on that side of things, but also the, the coaches that he's with, that gives them that extra boost of confidence, I would imagine, to uh, agree to a guy coming on board in 26 when we've seen historically uh, players that commit super early. This is always kind of an, an, inter an interesting ride over the, the next couple of years. Not a lot of not a lot of guys commit this early to begin with. Right. Right. I mean, I think Masai has actually camped at Penn State twice now, I believe. Uh, so, you know, you have two two years or uh, two camps worth of data. You have the Under Armour camp, another data point, uh, which, you know, Penn State gets all that information. So you, you have pretty much as much data as you can get for uh, a freshman at this point. And Sean, I correct you on one thing. You said A&M offered him as a freshman. They offered him as before he was a freshman. He was an eighth grader is when they offered him. As soon as I said that, I'm like, that's wrong. That's too, because <laughs> yeah. freshman year only would have been last year. And he's been, he seems right. like he's been on the radar even longer than that. And obviously he has been. So yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll so, defer to my Harrisburg uh, expert here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, the other thing you were saying too, though, is, is, you know, having Jordan Hill there, having Michael Motti there, obviously these guys, uh, no, have seen, I mean, Jordan, especially Michael's only been there for a couple, couple weeks now, or he's been there longer than that, but you know, obviously preseason going on. So, uh, you know, having Jordan there to, to vouch and, you know, what he sees from him off the field too. you know, talking to Jordan, you know, I was asking about, you know, is a freshman, one of your leaders, you know, what's he like around the guys, things like that locker room stuff. And 
uh, you know, he kept coming back to his competitiveness and, and how much he pushes this team, uh, which you love to see in a, in a rising sophomore. You know, just one other thing as well uh, from talking to Jordan, you know, he was saying that a, a major reason, reason why Messiah wanted to make this move, you know, his dad was saying about how, you know, he's looked at Jordan, he's looked at Michael Motti and the impact that Penn State's had on them and, and the people that they've become and how much, how they're respected, not just as, what they've done on the field, but how they carry himself in the community, things like that. And, uh, you know, Jordan, Jordan called it one of the biggest compliments of his life, you know, having Messiah's dad say, Hey, look, you know, I see what Penn state made you. I want my son to, to follow in those kind of footsteps. So I think that all really bodes well to this commitment lasting. Uh, you know, if you, this would have been a player from Maryland or Virginia or New Jersey or wherever, I mean, regional guys, you know, I, I'd always be like 2026, 20, you know, we'll see, but he's a Harrisburg guy you know, which obviously they don't get all of them from this area, but usually they get most of them and those commitments stick. And then obviously, again, you have Mata, you have Jordan Hill there. Uh, there's a, there's plenty of reasons to be optimistic that this one will stick. There, stick there was the, a uh, different feel, right, Ryan, if I can come over top of you, sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a different feel in Cooper Cousins than there was for Mega Barnwell. You know, that's right, kind of right. how you're looking at this thing. And I think there's a different feel in this one that Messiah – um, you know, is definitely a, a guy that we, we see sticking through the long term, um, even though, you know, some really good schools were after him. And it's still very early for 2026. But like, I, I feel better about this one than a, you would for a guy like Barnwell. And he's visited too, T Frank. Sorry, he's visited Ohio State. He's been to Michigan. Yeah, he did get out and see those schools this year, which is really important because a lot of guys make these early commitments. They've seen two schools. Yeah, I think he's been to seven or so other schools so far, something like that. So, yeah, again, he's only taken one visit to all these schools, but he did get out and see them. So that's important. Good feeling for Penn State football fans with uh, all the connections to Penn State, all the feel goods there in in the story as well as as the player. So check out bluewhiteillustrated.com for more information on Messiah Mickens. Uh, we got some stuff here that I want to make sure everyone understands. Uh, RS says, love the show. Just re-up my year subscription to the site. No better place for news or updates Appreciate than BWI. It. So thank you so much, RS. Follow along and make sure you subscribe to bluewhiteillustrated.com. We do a lot of great stuff here, but the best stuff is over at the website. Um, today's sponsor on the show, our title sponsor of the show, is Alum Lodge. If you want to go to the game and you want to see all of these players that we're talking about live, especially the 2023 season, which is coming up in just a couple weeks, check out alumlodge.com. I'm showing it here on the YouTube channel. Another great reason to watch the show if you're interested in, uh, in, in what we do here over on the YouTube channel. Like the fact I can show you the house you could stay in when you come to the West Virginia game. Um, Alum Lodge, they have... Uh, they have premier locations around uh, State College and Center County. You can stay in Belfont, Toft Trees. Um, they have a bunch of different locations, and they have a concierge aspect to what they do at Alum Lodge where they will customize and deliver services that meet, meet your unique needs, and each guest stay is customized so you'll return time and time again. They don't have all of the uh, all of their, their uh, houses on their website yet, so make sure you call them. Uh, and that is 814-424-3266 to pre-book listings that aren't even on the site yet. But if you want to see what they got going on, Alum Lodge, I'll show you um, some of the stuff they have here. Their first listing. I love this one because this is I, I grew up in the country. I love being in the country. And you could stay at a horse ranch before you go to a Penn State football game. Some cornhole, some uh, backyard barbecue Friday night. You get up, you stretch, you get into uh, game mode, and uh, you get to 
cook your own food, have your own place, basically, with Alum Lodge. And they'll, they said, customize their, your experience for a game day. So use code BWI for 10% off your booking. Use co promo code BWI for 10% off your booking for alumlodge.com so you can stay in style uh, during your Penn State football games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's get to the next thing, which is Ethan Grunkmeyer, Penn State four-star commit in the class of 2024. He had his first game of the season, and Ethan built upon all of that hype from uh, the training camp season, from the, the camp circuit, and uh, Ryan Fitz. This guy seems like he is on a meteoric rise, 444 yards, four-plus touchdowns against um, uh Toledo Winthrop. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head. Ryan, any idea if Toledo Winthrop is is an excellent team? Because uh, he he dissected this team on Friday night. Got you on mute there, Ryan. There we go. Sorry about that. That's what uh, happens I'd, when I'd I talk lying. for four straight minutes. My bad. I'd be lying if I said I knew a ton about him. Um, but, you know, just the one thing that – the first thing just from looking at his highlight tape is it reminded me a lot of Drew Aller's offense uh, at Medina, yeah. uh, just just kind of the way they operate. But um, obviously great stats, right? I mean, 24 for, uh, for 34, 444, four touchdowns, also had uh, a rushing score, which uh, was a nice dive and play. Uh, we there's there's highlights. Obviously, we're running the highlights of his of his huddle film, but you, you'll find other videos on Twitter and things like that. So um, look pretty look pretty impressive. Uh, we got to get out and see him at some point, Sean. I don't know. You're going to see him. I'm going to see him. But one of us got to be making a trip out there at some point. Uh, yeah, Ryan, think, yeah, the, the Dinah game is coming up, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I also need to be in York the next day. So I don't oh, know if okay. I want to go all the way to Akron and then go to York. And yeah, I don't know if I'm going to make it out there this week. I wanted to. But, uh, yeah, that's a heck of a weekend if I do that. Yeah. Sorry, Fitz. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, they play. Um, actually, his senior night is when Penn State plays out in Columbus uh, against Ohio State. So uh, hopefully we can get out there and check that out. Um, the The early returns are good. Um, he looks like a Brad Mandler quarterback. Like his release, like oh, yeah. all those guys have that uh, not funky release, but like the, the, the you know, the, the, sl the arm slot that they throw from, the quick release. He gets the ball there in a hurry. Obviously, he's got that that strong arm that we've talked about before. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot to like in his season opener. Stats are not everything, but uh, you know, completing all those passes for 444 yards and four touchdowns, yeah, that's a good start for for uh, for Grunkmeyer. So um, I know he's happy to be back out there um, for a team that went four and seven last year, putting up 44 points in the uh, or excuse me, 46 points didn't mean to short them there um, in the season opener is certainly a, a positive, and they can get going in the right direction. Uh, there was a question in the chat about his defense. I know nothing about his defense, so do not expect me uh, to, I can step to provide in. I any can context step in to that, that except that, hey, if his defense is not that great, um, he's not the defensive coordinator, so he's going to get a chance to throw the ball. Um, we're going to get a chance to see what he's made of, and if his defense isn't great, um, the, the flip side of that argument is that we're going to you know, see what he's made of, and maybe he's going to have to drive down to win a game. Maybe he's going to have to play a little bit more in a pressure situation. There were times you know, when, when we view these quarterbacks that they're – 
you know, so much better than the competition that they play a half, they play three quarters, whatever. Um, so seeing him in some tough games, I know, you know, he, he's not at a IMG. He's not going to be at a place that just rolls up scores on, on uh, other uh, high school programs. So I think that that's exciting to see. And that's, that's part of what I like about his development. I mean, he's not, uh, he's not the robo QB. He's not the guy that's been the quarterback since he was a, you know, a, a second grader or something like that. And it's been bred to be this guy. And I think that leaves uh, potential unscratched. And I think that that's exciting when you talk about what Grunkmeyer can bring to the table. I mean, you think about where he was a year ago and Ryan and I knew who he was. And that was about the extent of it because he had a distinctive last name. We know who Ethan Grunkmeyer was. Then he goes through that junior season. Very good. Uh, gets on the gets on to the uh, Brad Mandler train. He gets out there and, and and does some great things in the spring. Mike Yersich offers him. And all of a sudden, he just blows up. And again, we've talked about this before. You want to see a guy that's on the ascent. And clearly, clearly, Ethan Grunkmeyer's on the ascent. Yeah, uh, a couple of the things that I, I noticed from his film, and I'll just throw it back up here again, that make me... Some of these throws are, wow, the deep... That's a high school defense, right? So he throws to an open receiver and he gets a 70-yard touchdown. But there are throws on here where he is throwing guys open. He's throwing into tight windows. And he's making some throws that maybe I wouldn't suggest you make. But he's got the arm, the anticipation, and the ability to drive the ball into tight windows and make plays. Like, these are translatable aspects to his game. Like, if you're looking at this one, the corner is cover three. The corner just bails on his deep assignment. And that's a deep throw where he gets those yardage. couple of uh, pop passes to uh, his best receiver. Huge improvement from his receivers. And the other thing that I really like, throw like this. Extends the play, tight window, looking downfield, fits the ball into that window. So he's operating at a higher level. There's some anticipation throws where he's thrown to the receiver before their head is around. So he's like the timing of these plays is really is really good. And um, and there's just some next level things. He's so quick with everything he does. His ball placement is so good. I'm having a hard time not getting a little too high on what he can become because he's got so many traits that I really like in a quarterback not necessarily like like that play where the the receiver hasn't even turned his head around he's throwing with anticipation to beat the coverage those are things that are going to go with him for the rest of his career I I just there's there's things that I really like about quarterback play here and he always has the scrambling ability to get out of a, a jam and I love the way he extends plays with his eyes downfield we talked about wanting to see some of this stuff from camp translate. He went through camps and, and you can do it in shorts and all, all of that. We always say about that. You have to see it on the field. Well, you saw all of those things from camp translate to the field where making a guy miss in the pocket, keeping his eyes downfield, resetting his feet, throwing. It's all so quick. It's, it, you talked about a robo quarterback. He's not a robo quarterback. Everything is natural and fluid and it looks so easy. It's one area where like he may not be Drew Aller, but I think he's got traits that make him stand out and be as good as Drew Aller as a prospect. And if when he gets to Penn State, we haven't seen what Drew can do yet. I think he's got comparable, he can take an offense to the next level type of skills. Number one is is processing. Like that's yes. decision making and processing. And you can see that they run an RPO. So he's he's got to make that decision and he's got to make his next decision. It's got to be, boom, it's got to be quick. I, I, I can't snap my fingers. I'm really bad at that. So like imagine me snapping my fingers for that last one. That's how quickly it, it happened. So people are going to latch on to the 444 yards and the four touchdowns. Well, his first throw was a, what, an 84-yard slant? So yes. Yeah. With with all due respect, like he didn't make that play happen. His receiver made that play happen, ran for 84 yards. That play that you throw that that you showed down the field where the cornerback bailed. 
big chunk of yardage. So his most impressive throws aren't his 80 yard scores. His yes. most impressive throws are closer to the line of scrimmage. Some of those, those ones that you pointed out, keeping the ball away from the defense. And that's the promise that you see. Like it's not about putting up 500 yards in a game. Like it's, it's about making these throws and showing the processing, showing the game, how slow the game is for him at the high school level. Cause it's gonna be a whole different animal when he gets to college. Yeah. But when you have that in front of you, like it seems like he does, that's certainly a good start for him. So um, really impressed with the way that he started. I'm curious to see what the rest of the schedule looks like. I know that they play some some very good teams every year on their schedule. So uh, it'll be exciting to see his processing and, and how he handles uh, things when 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 they're not rolling, you know, because that's not always going to happen. Yeah. Um, Beach wine guy. One quick uh, note. He says, love to see T, T Frank compare Grunk last year versus this year, of course. May want to play and played more than one game. Uh, yes, but one thing I noticed right away <laughs> is one of the, one of the problems I had with the offense last year was very gimmicky of a lot of screens, a lot of things that were short, not letting him push the ball down into those intermediate windows and over the middle of the field, which is a big difference in week one where they were using the full field. Where last year it felt like they were just nipping at the perimeter, throwing deep shots off of you know that stop and go ap- action where you've got short and then long uh, route concepts. I really like the way that the, they used the full field this year uh, in that first game. We'll have to see if that continues or if that was something from just week one. Ryan, any uh, last things you want to you wanna throw in here about Ethan Grunkmeyer? Uh, I've been nerding out. Fizz has been nerding out about quarterback play. Anything you want to add? Well, I mean, I just to circle back to the very beginning, you asked me about Whitmer, the school. I mean, I, I do want to clarify one thing. They do have Division One prospects on their team. Carter Lowe's an offensive tackle, so that doesn't really impact Grunk. But he's a really good offensive tackle. Penn State's offered. He's got a ton of offers. And then they have Jason Kelly as well, another Division One prospect in the 2025 class. So I don't know, I don't know how much – uh, you know, one double A talent, FCS talent they have. Those usually kind of determine how well a, a good quality of a high school program. Um, but this wasn't like uh, you know, the single A school in Ohio or anything. They they do have some players that he was going against. Be exciting to see how Ethan Grunkmeyer continues. We'll obviously keep you updated on his uh, progress throughout the 2023 season. And uh, again, bluewhiteillustrated.com is a place to go to get all that information. We're 25 minutes in. We've talked about some of the top news from this weekend, broken down film for you. If you're here, like the video because we can give you the good stuff so far. Uh, like this video and subscribe to Blue White Illustrated here on YouTube. We've got all kinds of stuff coming up this fall. Like I said, to start the show, we're starting our cycle for the season. Our lineup is uh, expanding. We're going to have four live shows, or excuse me, four shows a week during the week, and then a tailgate show, a uh, 90-minute tailgate show, three hours before kickoff uh, in simulcast with Seven Mountains Media and 99.5 The Bus in State College. We'll have that every Saturday before Penn State football games, and then a live post-game show with myself and with Fitz on away games when he uh, joins me to break down what just happened in Penn State football. So seven shows uh, in seven days. I believe five. Yeah, seven shows for seven days. BlueWhiteIllustrated.com uh, coverage. We'll, of course, have coverage from uh, practice and everything like that. So much stuff coming up. And to preview what's coming up on Thursday, I believe it was, we had our live show where we talked about the 2025 players you need to know on offense. Now let's talk about some dudes on defense. 2025 Penn State football defensive line through safety prospects. These guys know players that they want to talk about, the early leaders in this class. Uh, Fitz, I'm going to come back to you. We're going to start in the D-line. D-line, D-N, D-tackle, like this is a big group of players. Can you give us an overview of like what's the talent like in the region for this particular group, which of course is going to be under the microscope once again in 2025? 
Yeah, and, I, and it's a position where you get some later developing guys because those guys grow into their body or forget to grow into their body and then eventually have to get uh, the coordination down. So a lot of the guys that you pop up early might be a six-foot defensive tackle or something like that, and they eventually don't end up as targets. So I think some of those uh, are worth noting, but there's some size in the region um, starting like on the defensive line. Uh, Zahir Mathis is going to be the guy that, that comes up as the stud when you talk about uh, edge position, defensive line position. He's just a, he's a really, really good prospect. He's been on the radar. I think Penn State offered him as an eighth grader. It's got that connection with Deion Barnes. So, you know, Penn State, uh, I, I don't know that they're going to land him in the end, but I think they'll be in it, um, get him on campus, et cetera, those things like that. So I think that uh, Zahir Mathis is the guy that we're going to start with here on the defensive line. Uh, big kid, moves really well. Um, just uh, he's got he's got a bunch of the tools and far from being a refined pass rusher at this point, but uh, this this uh, see, this season is going to be a big one for him. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, also in state, Charlandon Strange um, is a, a good-looking athlete. I'm curious to get uh, size numbers on him, but uh, he's he plays down there in the Philadelphia area as well. I know they got some schools on him. Um, his rating is pretty high right now, uh, 186 in the on three industry. Um, I'd like to see more tape before uh, going all in on strange here, but he does some nice things on, ta on tape. He's been on campus. I think he was down at South Carolina in July. Um, so Penn state wanted to get him on campus this summer. I don't think that happened. Um, so those are a couple of in-state guys that, uh, that stand out, but this is going to be an interesting cycle because Dion Barnes seems to have momentum. I think he's going to have more momentum after this season based on the expectations of those defensive ends that are on the roster right now. So that might shine, shine up his resume a little bit with Chop Robinson, Denai Dennis Sutton, Adisa Isaac, and those guys. So I'm excited to see what kind of juice um, and what kind of new coach bump uh, Dion can have over the 2025 cycle. So that'll be interesting. Um, you stay in the region. Trent Wilson's an interesting one. Yes, he's at St. Francis. So, you know, you're, you're Set your expectations low if you're a Penn State fan, but he just transferred there uh, from St. John's College, so he's not uh, not a guy that's been at St. Francis the entire time. He's more of an interior guy. Um, you've got uh, you've got some other good looking guys in the uh, D line realm here. D tackle more, more so um, in the region. Maxwell Roy, I think, is a really good one. Um, at St. Joseph's Prep in uh, in Philadelphia, he's been up a couple of times. He was, um, you know, he was. Uh, up, I believe for the Elite 11 camp that weekend, uh, would have liked to see him number 68 overall in the uh, on three rankings in, in 2025. So there's a lot to like in this cycle. Again, I don't want to get too far ahead of the, the cart here because these guys will change their body types. They'll change how athletic they are for what they bring to the table. And they're going to have to put out junior film that's that's up there. And and Penn State, I think the way that they're going recruiting a defensive line under Deion Barnes has a chance to, uh, to, to up the ante a little bit here. So... Those are a couple of guys that that uh, that jump out to me. I'm going to send it over to Ryan because I've been talking way too long, and I need uh, to take a drink here out of my bird dog tumbler, um, <laughs> and he can handle the rest of this defensive line. All, All right, right, what do you got? Um, well, we got to talk about Adam Shovlin. I think you know Pennsylvania native who's up in St. Thomas More, six four two thirty five. Sean, is he more of an edge, you think, or an interior guy? Just curious. Like, do, I think he's going to grow into an interior guy. He he did some edge stuff at camp, but they they worked him out mostly on the interior. He's just a big boy. Just a, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He I think that's where he's going to end up. Certainly a guy that I think Penn State's going to recruit pretty hard. I was trying to get a feel on that throughout last season, and 
kind of got the vibe that maybe they weren't, but now definitely this spring and in the summer, I, I do get the vibe that Penn State's going to push for him. Again, he is an in-state guy, uh, but decided to go up and play uh, at, at uh, St. Thomas More in Connecticut. So certainly you got to keep an eye on, you know, T. Frank, I apologize. You asked me earlier for names. I was running around running errands. I forgot to mention Dylan Battle uh, out of Texas. He was just up for the Lash Bash not that long ago. You know, he's a Texas guy, 6'2", 235, so certainly some size there. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see how he progresses, but if he's coming up for the last bash on his own dime at this point, you know, there, there is some sort of a relationship there. And, uh, for, for subscribers, you, you guys remember reading, uh, the recap I wrote on him a few weeks ago. Um, uh, definitely a guy that I think will visit, try and come for one of the later games this season. Maybe I'm not sure if he'll make it or not. Uh, but would definitely expect him to be here, you know, junior days and, and into next spring. Cause there's a lot of interest there from battle and, uh, you know, a guy that I really didn't have on my radar until he came for, for the last crash. Uh, a couple others. I mean, I think just maybe mention Isaiah Campbell out of North Carolina. I had Penn State in his top 12. Do I see him ending up at Penn State? Probably not. But uh, he's another guy that does want to visit here uh, in the in the weeks and months ahead. Definitely a guy that um, I do think he will make it for a game uh, just from early conversations with him. But um, I don't know. Bryce Jenkins, got to keep an eye on a good counsel. I think Penn State has some real interest there. Uh, that's a, that's, a, that's actually friendship. Um, he's uh, oh, he's right. the other defensive tackle aside from DeAndre Cook, and he is he's freaking huge, man. I mean, he's got – he's 11-inch hand guy and long-arm guy and uh, got a lot to work on in terms of, of a player. But uh, Penn State saw him in person, was like, wow, and then offered him a couple of weeks later. So, I mean, there's, there's size in the region here, and I know that we – overrate size because these guys are you know uh, dominant because they should be dominant against high school competition but maxwell roy's a big kid uh, bryce jenkins is a big kid caleb williams down there in virginia uh different caleb williams obviously um he's been up for uh, for for visits before and he's a big kid as well so there's some size to work with even though you know the, these guys still have a lot of developing left ahead of them uh, and just one other guy one other guy well real too. quick t frank one other guy real quick uh, sean I always I continue to hear Penn State likes Jeff Exner as a D end. I mean, the size isn't quite there. He likes tight end, but I mean, there's definitely some people on Lash that think he might grow into an edge. I I have no idea what he's going to be because like we right. we keep waiting for him to shoot up. I mean, we we were waiting for Cam Laudenschager to, to to shoot up as well, and he it just really hasn't happened. So Exner is what six one now, but dynamic athlete. Yeah, like two ten. Uh, he went out to like, he was out at the uh, not the elite eleven, but the other thing the uh, the other thing that they all had twenty two. And yeah, and he was playing receiver. So like, at least the athleticism is there. That'll be interesting to see. I know somebody in the in the chat asked about Ari Watford. Um, I mean, he's been up for a, a visit. I, I'm not holding out hope that he's going to end up at Penn State, but uh, he's been up for a visit. And he's he said some nice things about Penn State as well. So um, there there, I think there's going to be a lot of options. I think this board, you know, we weren't talking about DeAndre Cook. We weren't talking about a lot of these guys this time last year. Um, so you have an opportunity to mature and i think that's the biggest thing with the defensive lineman is you've got a chance to mature grow into your body and then put up some hellacious defensive tape in uh in your junior year that, that that's gonna that's what's gonna put you in position um so looking at this list yes there are guys that they would take right now but there's most of the guys are going to be guys that they want to see more of in their junior season over the next couple of months and t frank and hold on i gotta get one more t frank t frank okay i got go one more we got to mention Amari Williams too from Florida kid. He did come up and visit Penn State in the spring and he like, he fits Penn State really well. Like this right. is a kid that really would fit Penn State uh, cares about academic, you know, cares about all the things that Penn State preaches. Right. So just a four star guy, top 100 prospect again, down in Florida, he's going to have all the schools uh, in the SEC hunting for him. 
but he has visited and does want to get back for a game this year. So keep an eye on Amari Williams from uh, the Benjamin School, I believe. Hopefully puts out some tape. I could not find any good tape on him, uh, even on three. It didn't uh, had stuff, I think, from his freshman season. So I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, Ryan in the chat, our Texas uh, connection says it's high, high school football season all. Hashtag we are. Hashtag Texas high school football. So uh, excitement all around for Penn State for high school football, for NFL, maybe, sort of. Like, I went to a preseason game uh, for the first time in years over the weekend. Uh, Shout-out to uh, Penn State 2012, our, uh, one of our BWI message board members. Couldn't go to the game and knew I'm a Bills fan, so he gave me uh, tickets to the his tickets to the Steelers-Bills game. Uh, super fun over the nice. weekend. Wanted to say thank you to him. Uh, but football's nice. back, baby. That's all I'm saying. Ryan is excited. We're excited. He's donating to the channel through the Super Chat. Always appreciate that. Ryan's a Woodlands guy, too, and I think they open up uh, this weekend. So excited to see how Keandre Barker does in that new new setting that he's in. One area of football we haven't gotten back to yet, obviously, is Penn State football. So you still have some time to join the most exciting atmosphere in college football with Ticksman Jim. If you're looking for a reliable source of Penn State football tickets, don't rely just on your friends on the message board or going to your cousin or trying to find them on a secondary market where you don't know what to trust. Jim at TixmanJim.com has been doing this for a long time. He's formerly at PSUTixman.com. He's been running his ticket exchange in Wilmington, Delaware for over 25 years. Every buyer handled courtesy and respect, and every ticket purchased is guaranteed. You've got that so you know that you're not getting ripped off. Most every ticket transferred to your Ticketmaster email address and proceeds are used to fund the PSU AA Chapter Scholarship Fund and the PSU Levi Lamb Fund for athletic scholarships. All tickets, home opener against West Virginia coming up in, I think, 13 days at this point. Iowa whiteout tickets, homecoming UMass tickets, stripeouts, homecoming, everything that you want. Go to TixmanGym.com or 302-521-8380. That's 302-521-8380. 380. Thanks again to Ticks Van Jim for being a second season supporter here on the BWI Live Recruiting Show. Back for another year of exciting Penn State football and getting you to the game. Okay, so we covered the D-line. Let's get into linebackers. And I'm, we don't have an option here because I have had questions, me, not even the recruiting expert like you guys, about Anthony Saka over the last two years. So, Ryan, what's... Tell me about Anthony Saka and Penn State and their relationship right now. I think he should be a safety. <laughs> we have him listed wrong, I think, um, as far as on three. And I've been going back and forth with Charles about this for a long time. But we'll talk about Saka now. Uh, look, just went out to Ohio State um, in well, July. I believe it was. I think that was his only visit in July. He's been to Penn State more than every other visit he's taken combined. I think he went to Notre Dame and Georgia with the other two, I believe, I've been to Penn State three or four times now. He played baseball all spring. So I think fans are a little worked up of why has uh, Anthony Saka not been on campus for a while? Uh, Look, he had a very busy baseball schedule, and he knows he needs to get out and see some other schools. I would expect him to be up for one of these uh, early season games, and he will continue to be probably one of the top five to to ten most important prospects for Penn State in this class. So I think fans are a little, like I said, concerned that he hasn't been up for a while. Uh, I not going to say I'm always in touch with Anthony, but he's he's 
we have a pretty good relationship. I, I stay in touch with him as much as I can without being annoying, if that makes sense at this stage in the process. And uh, he, he's been pretty open about the fact that, uh, you know, Penn State's going to be a school up there. He needs to get out and see some other programs. And that's really what he's done here uh, in, in July instead of coming up to Penn State. Six, two and a half, two fifteen is what we have him listed here from St. Joe's in Philadelphia. Uh, and he's Fitz, adamant about playing safety. He's adamant. He's a- interesting. Adamant. That is a and Penn State's fine with it. Yeah, it's not like they don't have big safeties on the roster, but uh, going mm-hmm. into his junior year being that big already fits. Um, you know, take us through what you know of the Saka and, and the relationship with Penn State, and kind of your two cents on this, and then oh, floor's open to you, but where you want to go at linebacker after that. Yeah, top five to ten most important prospects for Penn State. Top two in terms of guys that you're going to ask about for the next year incessantly. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, but no, I mean he's he's got those connections to Penn State, and obviously that would what that's part of what makes him an important prospect. More more so the talent. You know, I think that that's what makes him the important prospect for Penn State. I mean, I know he wants to play safety. He has a big boy, man. He's got genes. He's got yeah. uh, you know he's got he's got college football genes. When he gets into a weight program, not not that he's not in a weight program in St. Joe's Prep, but that we're going to see what direction that goes. So, you know, the field linebacker, the Sam spot, is kind of a safety spot at times. So maybe that's maybe that's their pitch. But uh, yeah, he's he's a big guy. There's some there's some good ones in that 2025 class uh, beyond Saka. I think I have a pick in for DJ McClary um, from from New Jersey. Um, he was one of those guys when Jalen Matthews and Omari Gaines were coming out of the junior day. Penn State was kind of surprised that McClary didn't commit. Um, so he's kind of slowed things down, which he should, you know, let's, let's be honest here. He should, um, but Penn state's still in the mix there. Um, get him back for a game. Uh, Kamar Archie also in, uh, in Jersey. Be, in, I think that's probably one of the guys that I'm looking at junior film, probably the most intrigued by Kamar Archie. Cause I could see it going sky high, or I could see him not on the radar this time next year. I'm, I, I don't know what kind of player he is, um, but a uh, good, good athlete as well. I think there's, this is probably one of those positions that, you know, you could teeter on the edge for some of these guys. I think Cam Smith is, is now at uh, St. Joe's prep. So interested to see where he pops up. Number 116 in the on 300 uh, was just up for the lash bash uh, from New Jersey. Um, so there's, I think there's a lot to like there as a, as an athlete there playing, uh, playing linebacker. Um, Deshaun Burnett has been a guy that Penn State I think was the first they were either the first or second offer for him last summer you know this is the summer previous to this um, out there in the Pittsburgh area so he was back and then an interesting one here TJ Alford uh, from Florida is a guy that was you know we thought was going to get up this this summer he was not able to he's going to be up for a game number eight linebacker in the country in the class of 2025 and there's some real connections there's some real interest there uh, from Alford I think he's going to have a lot of uh, schools uh, banging on the door for him, but uh, he, he brings it, man. You just saw that He's play. Great. Uh, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, where he took that uh, took that dude's head off. So, um, you know, I think that there's a lot to like with Alford. But again, this is going to be one of those positions where Manny Diaz is going to, you know, lean on this on the uh, junior film more than most, and uh, we're going to see what kind of pecking order comes out of this. Um, so that's kind of where Penn State stands at linebacker. I think there's a lot more names out there, and it's it's going to be. Um, the way that they recruit. And of course, there's a, a couple of mics in the class of 2024. Um, so you're going to see probably more of an emphasis on that outside linebacker, that athlete, that safety hybrid as well yeah. um, to get more outside athletics, athleticism into the, into the room there. So I'd be interested to see which direction that takes, but I'd be shocked if it wasn't uh, skewed toward the outside linebackers. And that, and that means guys that may develop a little bit later, guys that are still growing that are, you know, uh, Kevion keys. That's, 
pushing six three and it was 190 pounds you know you you, you, you want to throw out six two two fifteen as a as a linebacker prototype but that's not the case anymore so I'm very curious to see when those guys pop up on the radar I, I want to go back and just highlight uh, TJ Alford here it's kind of a no duh for the number eight linebacker in the country but I just want to underscore something that Manny Diaz said uh, on the Adam and Brenneman podcast of that push and pull between talent and instinct and kind of linebacker being an instinctive position as much as we focus on the athleticism, the patience here that you see from TJ Alford on film, a lot of guys are jacked up and ready to go run into the offensive line. You see great patience, vision, positional discipline. So, you know, from an outside in perspective, Mm -hmm. just looking at it, uh, you know, from a skill perspective of his intelligence, I could see him being Mike. I could see him being will definitely a box linebacker with that size, but I just love I wanted to highlight early on in his career his positional instincts. This is a guy that isn't just big and fast. His patience to read, then react. I love that in a linebacker where you see him just you, you see him just pick through the trash here, and then attack. I just I, I love that at linebacker. So that's a, that's a, a really good trait to have for somebody who then gives you that position flexibility. We talk about that between you know the outside linebacker positions, but if you've got somebody who can play either of the box positions, I think that's great as well. Uh, anything left to clean up on on linebacker, Ryan? Brett Clatterball. I mean, you want to talk about a Penn State Mike linebacker. I mean, I think he fits it perfectly. The issue Penn State may run into is Brent Pry, who helped you know. Uh, create not create linebacker you, you know what I mean kept it going over the years uh he's obviously down in Virginia Tech and 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 Clatterball's from Virginia but I, I think Clatterball's certainly gonna be a guy if they go for a mic which I think they would still probably take maybe one uh depending on the numbers it's too early to really say but uh Clatterball I think makes a, a lot of sense but uh, you, no I Sean said Rivers? is that is that who you're talking about yeah, I mean that that fits it pretty well right there. I mean they are pretty they're pretty much uh, identical. Uh, I think McClary though. I mean he's certainly the athletic New Jersey guy. Like Penn State really should probably get him. You know if I was picking two guys today that I think made a lot of sense to end up in this class, McClary would be one. Deshaun Burnett would probably be another. But there's a lot of guys to pull from uh, from the area. I mean there's certainly did we mention Owosu uh, Boateng? Sean, did you mention him? He's down I at didn't IMG. Mention him because he moved. Yeah. So yeah, just uh, somebody just keep an eye on. I mean, he's been in Penn State a couple of times, but he's at IMG now, right? So yeah. when, when those regional guys make that move, we kind of we don't write them off. Or we're like, eh, okay. Let's it's funny how back. that works, yeah. though. Yeah. Like, it's funny how that works where you got somebody from the region that goes to IMG and it's like, oh, well, uh, that's tough. But then you've got like Penn State hasn't been doing bad in Florida. They've been doing great in Florida. So it almost feels like part of their recruiting base with Manny Diaz and J1 Slider. Unless it's IMG, and then it's kind of hit or miss. That's just an interesting little wrinkle in the Florida recruiting for Penn State. It, it's almost like recruiting is a case-by-case basis or something of that nature. I, I don't know who would yeah. say that, but you know, that's, <laughs> that's kind of where we're at with that. Yeah, uh, let's, we'll see. Let's go to let's go to corner where you got to get to the safety and corner positions to wrap up the show. And I want to make sure because there's a lot of names at safety. But let's get through corner and uh, some some good players here. Um, Fitz, come to you again. Uh, where, where are we going at cornerback right now? It seems like this is an early preliminary list where there's going to be more guys added. Is that a fair way to uh, summarize that? Absolutely. If you look at the way that corners and safeties develop, um, there's a lot of names on safeties of safeties here. And a lot of those guys play corner for their high school team. They're just not fast enough to play corner at Penn State or, or this level. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how these guys develop over the next year. Um, sometimes guys pop onto the radar early, but most of the time you wait to see junior season. I mean, John Mitchell popped up last year, Xavier Bridges, Brook, uh, 
not Xavier Bridges Brooks, um, Antoine Belgrave Short. I got my hyphenations wrong. Um, <laughs> who had a pick over the weekend? Uh, he was, uh, you know, he was a guy that popped up later on the radar. So those corners, um, they they have to get faster. They you have to find out if they are fast enough to play for you. And sometimes, you know, these guys end up just end up being safeties. So we'll, we're going to see what's there. I have Tariq Hayer down here. I have Cam Miller down here. Um, and Terry Smith's going to have a chance to uh, to get out and, and evaluate some junior tape and try and get some track numbers to go along with it. Try and get, a, you know, just a lot of the data that comes into it. Um, it. It's a position that will come onto the radar, I think, a little bit later than safety just because of that speed aspect. So uh, I don't have much on corners right now, um, but, uh, you know, Penn State's been doing a pretty good job recruiting that position. More interested in safety. We have to mention Fahim Delane because he's been to Penn State because he is awesome. He's one of my favorite prospects. And I think the interesting thing here, can the 2023 season help with that? You know, Penn State's expected to have a really good defense this year. And I think that that's going to have to be their chance if they want a chance at Fahim Delane. I know Alabama is probably going to be the pick. Ohio State's in there. Uh, Virginia Tech is in there. His, his older brother, uh, Mansoor Delane, plays uh, for the Hokies as well. Um, so he's just a, a, a top-level player, which I, I think if you're going to have a chance at him, you have to have a great season um, if he gets that far in his recruitment. So I think that that's worth noting because he is one of the best players in the region, and he's one of my favorites. Um, Kanoa Winston, um, you know, he's a Winston. I got to mention him. Um, yeah. <laughs> very good player. Um, again, not as big as uh, as he's listed. Um, now, I, I don't know if we changed that on on three or not, but uh, number 61. And on three, probably about five ten. So um, that's kind of where he's at on that. So that's going to ding him a little bit in in that uh, sense. But he can run. He can flat out run. He's a sprinter as well. Um, so he's yeah. got a, like mature kid, and he's Winston. So that's that's why I like him. So um, excited to do that. On the flip side, uh, Jadon Blair is about six four. Like so, there's a you know if you want some complimentary pieces in there, those are two guys right there um, that pop up. He's been on campus a couple of times. Uh, he'll he'll be on campus again for a game, and uh, he camped uh, with Anthony Poindexter, and uh, I think that's always important. We got away from in the 2025 class this cycle. Got away from a lot of those guys camping and that's going to be an issue for some guys when they get onto that, uh, when they get near the line and you don't have that date on them, you haven't worked with the, the position coach. I, I just think with, with all these early offers and with schools throwing out 300, 400 offers, these guys have an elevated sense of where they stand on some boards. And I think a lot of 2025 guys felt that they didn't have to camp because of it. And uh, that's, uh, that's, that's going to end up being a mistake for some guys. So, Interested to see how this plays out uh, over the next uh, 16 months or whatever for this 2025 class. But uh, that's that's going to be something that you look at um, the entire makeup of a class and say, this guy, okay, he came. We, we didn't really know much about him when he came and camped in June of 2023 or maybe even 2022. But at least they got him on campus and, and kind of figured out his makeup while they were there. Ryan, are there going to be two Cam Millers at corner? Because I don't know if I can handle that. We'll see. Uh, obviously, you want to talk about uh, former Penn State uh, players now coaching high school. Of course, Cam down at Winslow Township uh, plays for Bill Belton. And uh, there's another pair, Christian Hackenberg, the offensive coordinator there. It's pretty wild how uh, you have two tandems now here at Trinity and, and, and Winslow Township. But we'll see. Uh, you know, another guy where uh, junior film is going to really uh, determine that. Um, now, Cam, Cam's, of course, circling back to, to cornerbacks. Cam's going to be more of a cornerback, I believe, uh, at the next level. But, uh, again, let's see how he grows and, and goes from there. Hey, one other guy, too, at corner I did want to mention, uh, Samir Locks. And he's a guy Sean's talking about, like, guys Penn State would love to camp 
and get more info on. Samir Locks uh, at Imitep down there in Philadelphia is, is certainly a guy that I think fits that category. Somebody who uh, I think this season will, will have a big impact on and, uh, you know, a guy that, again, there's interest there, but, uh, you know, would love to get more data points on him. So keep an eye on him. And then uh, now I'm circling back to safety because we're all over the place at the moment. Let's finish with uh, Xavier Bridges-Brooks. Uh, down at Rock Creek Christian Academy, a school that uh, Penn State's gone back and forth. It's gotten commitments before, but guys haven't always stuck. So let's see uh, how that goes uh, in the in the months and, and year ahead. And uh, I got to mention Ethan Long, too, up in New England, a guy who did camp at Penn State this year, another bigger bigger body player who, and I think some people think could maybe grow into a, a linebacker. I'm trying to look, what is he, 6'2", 190-ish, I believe. Um but I know Anthony Poindexter really likes him a lot. He had a, a very strong camp uh, with Penn State this year. And, of course, they have Omari Gaines committed uh, one safety already. So let's see uh, where, where things go um, moving forward. But, th- yeah, it's a, deep, it's a deep safety board. Some of these guys are going to grow into linebackers. I yeah. really like Jaden Blair. You want to talk about 6'4", 180. I mean, like the, he, he has the measurables there. Tested really well at Penn State this year. Um, so let's, let's see where things go. But there's, there's no shortage of safeties in this class, and I think uh, I expect Dex to take advantage of it. I just I'm always struck by the size of these guys that uh, Penn State's in with guys that have size and can run. And if they don't have size and can run, they're like uh, Kanoa Winston, where they had don't have size, but they can run and they hit really hard. So it doesn't even matter. Uh, so safety has been a really fun position to watch Penn State recruit, because I, if there's one position I just I appreciate a lot, it's that safety position. You do a little bit of everything. You're in the box. You play the run. You play in the slot. You play deep. It's, as Manny Diaz talked about going back to this, it's an in- instinct position. So you, a lot of these guys, you see, like, f- football players, guys that just kind of get the game and they play at another level. And the way that Penn State's been recruiting those positions, it's just it's been very impressive to watch. And it feels like with 2025 that they have another opportunity to load up on talent at a position that already is three deep going on uh, three and a half deep in the 2023 roster. So anything you guys want to uh, to fill in the gaps here on corner or safety? And Fitz, this is your opportunity to tell us about special teams because we haven't talked about that yet in 2025. Um, I'm well off. On, I mean, well far away from special teams at this point. That's going to be a camp discussion next summer. Um, but safety is interesting because there's no prototype, right? I mean, you mm-hmm. look at the guys that have had success and – yeah, they're fast. They hit and they all get that stuff. But, you know, King Mac is 5'9", Dakari Nelson is 6'3". Those guys play the same position. That's really funny to me. Um, so you can you can be successful all over the place. And and you've got that assembly line that we've talked about so far, uh, so many times, that starts at corner, goes to safety, goes to outside linebacker, goes to inside linebacker or edge, and then goes to defensive tackle. So that's why there's not a ton of corners on uh, on the board at this point because you haven't really started that cycle yet and uh you know those guys got to be fast they got to stay there everybody's got to be fast uh to play in this defense but uh that's that's what makes it interesting and that's what's going to make fun uh following the 2025 class so fun and if penn state has the year that we think that they can have hey man that's a we're gonna be talking about some guys that aren't on this list that are you know maybe some national guys at some point all i can say is I repeat what Stephen Light had to say. Can't wait for the season to start. High school football, college, it's all here. It's the end of August. Blue White Illustrated YouTube channel. We are going to be going hard and heavy after Penn State football coverage, so make sure you subscribe. Ryan, any last thoughts? Maybe give us an overview now that we've completed it, the 2025 class. How do you feel about offense, defense, the board as a whole? How do you feel about this group of players uh, in 2025, especially in the region where Penn State's going to have an opportunity to be in with most of the guys we talked about? 
Should be fine. Uh, I mean, Pennsylvania looks like it'll be pretty much what we've seen in the last couple of years, maybe, maybe a bit deeper uh, compared to this year, but um, you know, numbers look good. I mean, I think Penn state's really going to try and continue to do what they're doing, which is, which is uh, recruit more nationally. I mean, we're seeing it more and more with this past class, you know, they have their little pockets that they've had success in and, and they'll, they'll, they'll continue to do that. But um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of talent there. I mean, again, it's, it, what we always kind of come back to though, is like the top 100 talent, right? You, you can only get so much of that in this mid Atlantic region. Uh, there are a few of those guys this year, but uh, that'll, that'll certainly be something we're, we're talking about quite a bit. So It'll be fine. Uh, really, what the, the big thing to figure out is numbers, and that's that we won't be able to, you know, as far as scholarship count, things like that. And and that we won't really have a better feel for that, I think, until uh, after the season. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time today. Excellent show. We got through all that, and uh, I feel like people got a great idea of where Penn State is with their committed class in 24. Ethan Grunkmeyer, 26 with Messiah Mickens, and they got a, a good groundwork for 2025 with the defense. So excellent job as always. I'm Thomas Frankar. That's Sean Fitz and Ryan Snyder, Blue White Illustrated recruiting insiders and experts. We will be back on Wednesday, we'll have that show for you here uh, as we continue our coverage of Penn State football. And then our next live show is on Thursday where we are recapping what we saw at Penn State practice, giving you our reactions to what James Franklin had to say. All that coming up this week. Another great reason to subscribe. You guys have been awesome in the chat. Thank you so much. That'll do it for today. Till then, talk to you later.